This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds. Well, without the computers. Talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast as we come off a winning weekend, Jack. The Phillies won the series. It's all great. The last time the we Phillies did it. the last time the Phillies won the World Series was the last time Tiger Woods won a major. Oh, in 2008. Oh, buddy. We're back. I love it. You're such a tiger guy. Oh, dude. I was so, yesterday, a, I was just you're like- You're such a tiger guy. Uh, I was weeping yesterday. I know you were. Uh, I know I you were. I have never- like, I, I, I love golf. I, I know some people don't love golf. I love golf. Um, <laughs> oh, man. And like seeing Tiger get back to that level and then seeing a riveting 14-inning <laughs> Phillies <laughs> Let's win. Let's just say a 14-inning Phillies win. I don't know about riveting. It, but... was, like a, it was like a big exhale Phillies win. Like, oh. You they know, needed that win. I, I know they don't. Like, in reality, it is April 14th yeah. the game is being played on. It doesn't matter. I needed them to win that game. Oh, right there, I know. I needed them to win. From, Thank you, Gene Zagura, my hero. For my own sanity. I needed I needed, the, I needed it, the to win that I game. I needed it. I tell you what, there is not, I, and I kind of remember this in, in my playing days and whatever. Like, when you, when you go to a ballpark or go to a team that has absolutely no juice, like you just don't play well, and I think I think it's the one takeaway from the Marlins series. Mm-hmm. It's like when no one's there, no one cares, and you have to you have to you have to generate your own energy. It's really hard to play oh, well. Oh, back on my they're human beings corner. That hey, it's tough to get up for these type of games. Yeah, you you are Mr. Anti Analytics and Pro <laughs> yes, Only. It's pretty funny because I'm so Pro Analytics, and yet <laughs> you, this is my number one thing that I harp on. But also, it's true, they're they're human beings. It makes sense that you're going to go down to Miami and have a little less juice than when you're playing the Nats here or whatever. Right. Right, and that, it's it's just kind of just what happens, and you can just see it the whole weekend. Like they they slept walked, it felt like, mm-hmm. and and it's it's hard to get up for games when no one's there. Like it it just kind of is. It was a very uh, Friday night was a lot of fun. It felt like they kind of took out their frustration on the national series. We needed that after yeah. after the the Victor Robles game and then the debacle game. We needed it. <laughs> yeah, the debacle. We'll it just call was, it that. Yeah. Yeah, the I Was- guess we call Saturday's game the debacle too, but the Washington massacre. The, oh man, it was bad. Um, but yeah, Friday night was good, and then the weekend it was just like this isn't very fun. Oh, I mean, here's the thing: they they when they lose, they lose, Jack. Yeah. They lose hard. That yeah. Saturday game was just away from them. And me, that third inning happened. It was like, oh, they're just done. Like this game is just over. The Phillies don't just lose; they lose they like lose capital it's, capital l-o-s-e it's either they get blown out yes just their absolute doors blown in or or they lose in heartbreaking fashion yes. one or the other that's all that's happened this season yeah it, the only game that they've lost this season that wasn't heartbreaking was the one we went yeah to. Yeah, yeah we don't the remember Saturday so it doesn't matter. we don't remember anyway. <laughs> so it doesn't matter anyway yeah. um yeah it's like it's like this team is just this team is just it, two levels it's like they're dominant they look like they go to the world series or 
they've got a lot of holes in that <laughs> like, there, there's like no in between almost yeah. um, and thank god like for the whole Marlins series to me was just a, like the winning that game yesterday was a major exhale like, it, we, they needed it they, you needed to win the series and then once it kept going and it kept like you kept feeling it was one of those games where you go into it you say alright we're not losing this series to the Marlins we're gonna beat the Marlins we're gonna win this game and you're up one nothing, and you're like it's we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. And then all of a sudden it's 1-1 and it just stays 1-1. And you feel like they're going to win the whole time, yet you know because you're smart and know how baseball works that Brian Anderson could put one in the seats any second and the game could be over and you've lost. At no point did I feel like they were actually going to lose, but they almost how? lost, man. That's my point. They almost <laughs> lost. I needed them to win. I thought game. they were going to lose yesterday. Uh-oh. Like it, When it went into extras, I was like, I've seen it. It feels like a loss. I've, it felt like a loss the whole time. It felt like a loss. So thank God they won. They won. Uh, mean Gene Segura came through. Mean and, Gene. Came through with a big uh, and home run. McCutcheon before that with the triple. I, can we really quickly just talk about how much I'm in love with Andrew McCutcheon? Yeah. I, what a pro. What, I, he does everything right. He does everything right. That's a double for 95% of players. Yeah. And uh, I just, not, this weekend, his his left field defense was amazing, flawless. And if you like, if you have Hoskins out there, you're losing those games. Yes, there's no doubt in my mind you were losing those games. He got to a ball that was down the left field line. I think Friday night it was like this guy's ridiculous, and he he made a, a couple catches last night, I guess, in Sunday's game, running into the wall and, and just knowing where to be, knowing how to do it, well, knowing what routes to take. And it's the same thing with his base running too. It's you watch him run bases. We've talked about this, but it's textbook inside of the bag. The, the like he is runs bases the way you are taught to run the bases when you were a kid, when you learned to play baseball. Yeah. And he does the same thing as an outfielder. He takes the, the perfect routes to balls. He's always, He makes things look easier than they actually are. Right, right. And even though the Phillies' uh, offense kind of had a... It, up and down weekend. Yeah, I think Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, I would More say. More down than up, I would say. They they really, they really, they they are the most Jekyll and Hyde team. It's like. It's wild, right? Like, even going back to last year. I mean, their highs are highs, their lows are lows. And this year, the, the offense is obviously more talented, but they're still kind of doing the same things, <laughs> um, which is <laughs> semi-maddening. They're just doing it at a higher level when they're good. Yeah, so. I mean, they're they're bottom, I think, before the Marlins series or after Friday night, they were, they were bottom three in hard hit percentage as a team. Like which is an, unbelievable. As an offense, which was like, believe. which is like, what? They, they've been raking this entire season, um, but still, like, even when they're down, like they have pros like McCutcheon and Segura, and Segura in that ninth inning, you could just tell he was trying to lift the ball like a major league baseball player should do, and it happened to go out of the yard, which in I didn't. Fourteenth inning, yeah, which I didn't hate. I didn't <laughs> yeah, hate I know. That he decided it to hit it out, um, and they still have him, Harper, Hoskins, like everything. Even though they're, even though they're maybe a little bit inconsistent, the consistency of those guys is still there and still. Very, very important. For well, this and they do what what the the maddening inconsistencies last year. This team is more consistent in the way like they're going to get on base. Like this yeah. team is going to their walk percentage. I think is still the highest in baseball. It was like thirteen point six percent. Their as team, a team OBP is way up too. Yeah, they, they just they will get on base consistently, and that is something that will really help them have fewer of those types of maddening lows and we certainly won't see a two month stretch like we did last year. Like that's never gonna happen in this no. team. They're they're too good and they are too consistent at the things they do well offensively to fall for that long that hard. And the track records. I right, mean the guys course. they have here better players. actually have track records. Um so uh do you want to get into like you want to go yeah, into Friday I'm gonna, night? I'm gonna throw some in. all right, let's start Friday night. Let's start with uh, look, Jake Arrieta is the best pitcher on this team right now. 
Yeah, I thought Arietta was. I thought Arietta was really, really good on on Getting Saturday. Swings and misses, Jack. He did. He did get swings How and misses. About it. Yeah, I mean, we should probably preface this by saying the, it's Marlins, the Marlins are one of the worst. I mean, like the one of the worst teams in baseball. Handley Jorge Alfaro right now is their best hitter in their lineup. Okay. That's all we need to say. Him I'm or Brian to, Anderson? I'm just talking pure numbers. Brian Anderson's a new Phillies killer. I don't know what it is, but Brian Anderson just The new Jeff Conine? I guess so, man. He missed new Mr. Marlin. Brian Anderson brings it against us, but it is a really... I mean, Curtis Granderson's been dead for five years, and he's leading off for them. It's a bad lineup. No, it is a bad lineup. It is a bad lineup for sure. Um, but I, Arietta, what he did on, on, on Friday that I thought was really good, um, he threw 85% strikes with his changeup. On, on Friday night, which I think is is massive for him. Because if, if he can get that pitch over to like his fastball or he's on more sinkers now, but his sinker is coming in uh seventy three percent he threw seventy three percent strikes with his sinker. Mm-hmm. Um so he's basically been a two pitch pitcher this entire year. And we said before the season, like that makes the most sense for him going forward. Like I don't think his curveball is is good enough at this point or has the feel for it at this point. Sure, he can still get swings and misses for it with it, but I think it's more of just like a get me over kind of pitch at this point. Whereas um I think the changeup and the sinker are, are legit, especially when you you, you throw him out of the same arm slot they go to the same spot but the changeup is f- probably at this point like it was coming in at about 87 on friday night and he was topping out at like 93 so it's enough but it's also moving a lot so you can kind of get away from that with that point but it looks like a fastball out of hand so then it just dies off at the end they're, they're creating soft contact off of it uh, i thought he was great i thought he was really finishing through his pitches and i was looking i was looking at his uh like strike percentages on his pitches through his three starts this year three starts this year and his first start was horrible. It was like forty-seven percent strikes with his sinker or whatever. And now it's up to like his last. Uh, the start against the the Twins was like sixty percent, and on Friday it was seventy-three percent. Positively trending in the right direction. Good to see. Good, Good to, to see. see. So we like this. So he's looking more and more like the Arietta we saw in spring, where he's fully finishing through his rotation, getting fully through himself, and the ball's coming out well. I mean. I don't see the huge velo concerns that we were concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, like last year when it was 91, 92, he was back up to 94. Um, and he just looked smooth out there. He looked comfortable. He looked like he was generating a lot of soft contact. Um, obviously, he's playing in a huge ballpark and a, and a, ba- bad, and a bad lineup. Right. But seven Ks is good. I was, eight I was, Ks. Eight Ks? Eight Ks Eight Ks in seven innings. Um, so I'm with you. I, I think right now, you know, it's crazy to, again, we're only through three starts of the season for most of these guys. All of these guys now, actually, uh, other than Velasquez, only two. And we'll get to Vinny coming up. But I think you have to feel really good about Arietta right now and moving forward. I think that we're going to get Mr. Jack Fritz's call, the the back in on Arietta. It looks like Arietta's back. He's never going to be the guy he was in Chicago, the Cy Young winner, no. the second half guy. But I think Jake Arietta can be a solid three low end type of two for you, and that's massive. Yeah, I mean, if he can be, if he can generate soft contact with a sinker changeup combination, I think that's a plan that works for him. And then if he can mix in his curveball or slider and get that over, um, he could maybe generate more swings and misses. But um, for him, I think more important than getting the strikeouts and getting all that stuff is generating the soft contact, uh, especially with the improved defense behind him even though it's definitely not great but it's definitely improved but it's improved like significantly improved which is a, it's unbelievable it makes you realize how horrific it was last year yeah it was cuz cuz they're not a great a minor defense but, but it feels like they're a great defense because they make a routine play I mean Gene Segura is pretty bad at shortstop but it feels like we have a shortstop he feels like a stud out there are you kidding me he's awesome um all right uh other thing friday night that stood out to me and we saw it again on sunday and it could be a massive thing for this bullpen Victor Arano's back, Vic. brother. How about Vic? Who needs two, Craig Kimbrell? Two shutout on Friday night. Of course, six strikeouts in two innings yesterday on Sunday. 
What have you seen from Victor? And because, you know, look, you and I were big fans of Victor last year. Early on, he had the, what, 33 consecutive scoreless innings or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, kind of wore down over the season. Obviously had one of the worst spring trainings in the history of spring oh, training. Oh, it was horrible. It was like 19 runs in four innings or something. Oh, it was bad. Absurd. Yeah. He looks back. Where are you at with the run? Yeah. Um, so, I guess when he, went down to, when he went down to Lehigh Valley, he had to figure out the pressure points on his, on his slider, and he had to realize he had to put more pressure on his middle finger on the slider, so it comes out with that harder spin and whatnot. And the slider looks good. So, he generated... He generated 14 swings and misses on 24 sliders. <laughs> I mean, that's like a, that's absurdity. Yeah, that's absurd. That is an absurd number. 14 out of 24. Yeah, it was, it was like either, 60 something percent. It was either 14 out of 24 total pitches with swings and misses, and 12 out of like out of 22 sliders. Whatever it is, I mean, those numbers are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For I mean, like the the Phillies as a whole, don't generate many swings and misses. I think they're bottom five in team strikeout percentage. <laughs> Not surprising. Which isn't after great. watching them pitch, yeah. But to generate that kind of numbers, for a guy whose stuff isn't overwhelming, it's not like he's going out there pumping 97 right. with a hammer slider. Like, the slider's good. Um, he must he must generate some crazy, like, uh, like guys must not, must not be able to see it out of the hands. I was thinking it, deception. Like, there's for some reason, the... The people just don't see the ball well coming out of because it's not like it's not like an Odovino slider. No, <laughs> like, no, it doesn't fall off the table or right. anything like that. Yeah, I'm with right. you. He's like a, he's like a poor. It's not an Adam Morgan slider. No, he's like a he's like a middleman's Roberto Osuna. Like he's the same kind of mechanics as Roberto except Osuna. Osuna's except hitting 98 or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon yeah. as as soon as another level. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, if if they can get Victor Arano back. To being what Victor Rano was last year, he's a multi-inning weapon. Yeah, and what the Phillies—he's ha- exactly what this bullpen needs right now. I mean, yeah. they need a closer too, as we've talked about. But that's the type of I guy s- they need. I still think Robertson's the closer. I well, I think he is de facto right now. I think they want him to be, but I don't know if he's the guy or not. Uh, I'm back in. I'm back in on, on, on David. Look, David had a couple good innings yesterday. We'll get to Sunday's game in a minute. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so no, I, th- I thought I thought if you can get a Rano to be a multi-inning guy, eat up some innings and. He's been a guy, well, last year and, and so far this year, at least not, well, I mean, spring training withstanding, has been a guy that you can put into big moments and he seems like he can get out of those big moments. So mm-hmm. um, Friday night was big. Sunday was huge. And and Victor Arano being back is, is a big moment for this bullpen. It lets everyone, like, it kind of kind of pushes everyone back. Like Vic, Victor can be your two-inning guy and then you could have Adam Morgan for lefties. You can have Saranthi for the fireman. You can have Pat Neshek for whatever you need. Like if you need a seventh inning and you need him to get it, you're up by one, um, and, and then you have David Robertson closing it's it out. See a lot more flexibility in that for part. sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'm happy with Vic. Should I should I do what I found out Ooh, about yes. the Phillies bullpen? Yes, please. So Jack has a theory here. I have a theory. So Jack is has uh, crunched the numbers. I, I literally have. Like yeah. I mean, no, I, like, I, actually, I eyeballed I eyeballed the numbers. I didn't really write it but down. But still, this is this is Jack. <laughs> Really doing something weird, and I really appreciate it. So tell us what you did. Okay, so the Phillies. So the Phillies' mindset of the bullpen this year seems to be you figured it out. Is the point? Yes, I figured. You've it done out. the research. I had the, I've done the research. You know. Yes. What they're doing with the bullpen? They're breaking ball. They're breaking balling people to death. So every single reliever has a higher usage rate on his off-speed breaking pitches than he does on a, on a fastball. Huh. Every single one of them. Every single one. Hector this Neris. Is very interesting, actually. Hector Neris is throwing 73% splitters this year. What? I mean, it's <laughs> felt that way when you watch him. It feels like he throws nothing but splitters, but I didn't actually expect it to, like, the anecdotal evidence to actually be backed up. Well, this is where it came from, because watching them, it's like, are they throwing fastballs? <laughs> like, I feel like they're not. I feel like they're not throwing fastballs Certainly at all. Certainly with Robertson, you watch him, you're like, I feel like he hasn't thrown a fastball. He's throwing his highest percentage of, of breaking balls 
than he ever has in his, his career. entire career. Wow. Nishek throwing more so than ever. This is clearly an organizational thing. Yeah, it's definitely, it's all Chris Young. Yeah. I mean, Chris Young comes from the, the Houston Astros where um, spin rate, spin rate sliders. Sure. Throw, you, I mean, they brought in Ryan Presley because of his spin rate, spin rate and told him to just throw sliders. And that's basically what he's done. And that's what and, they're doing with Adam Morgan and all that, like yeah, you I mean, talked about. They yeah. told Adam Morgan just to throw sliders and he's just throwing sliders. Arano, we're talking about is <laughs> Yeah, this is actually a really interesting look at you. Yeah. Look at you. Math guy. <laughs> Jackie analytics. <laughs> Jackie math. Yeah. Jackie, no, but it was Jackie numbers. Yeah, this this is this is the classic case of of watching it every day and then also using the analytics to back up See, the eye that's test. That's what you do. All right, so let me ask you a question, a follow-up on that. What does a, double part? What does that mean moving forward and do you think that's a smart strategy? I think I do like the idea of breaking balling people to death because breaking balls are harder to square up than fastballs. I mean, teams, pl- players are hitting fastballs harder than they ever had before. They're able to hit 97 with their eyes closed mm-hmm. at this point. So it makes sense to change that philosophy. Fastballs up and just breaking ball, breaking ball, breaking ball. I think it works for the bullpen. Where I don't like it is I don't like it for the starters. So the one thing from Eflin's start on Saturday. Ooh, I like this because we were going to move. Anything else from Friday before we move no, on? No, no, no. Nice McCutcheon homer. Nothing else to talk about. A great McCutcheon. A bomb. Like a bomb. Bomb. Like, I just he, want to get it in there. I want to mention it. He had a but couple yeah. of like, they're, they're home runs the tri- at Citizens Bank then, Park. Yeah, the triple was a big hit. I mean, yeah. he had a big, really nice weekend. Go ahead. A, a weekend, that he, Harper didn't really do much. They, they needed him. Hoskins didn't do anything this weekend. Real Muto really didn't do much. Like, none of their big guys really brought it this weekend. McCutcheon and Segura did. Yes, and I also, I think we, I think we don't give enough credit to the Marlins pitching staff. They have some legitimate well, arms. you do. Well, of course. I mean, it's like your favorite Zap in baseball. <laughs> my second favorite team in yeah. baseball. Um, but they do, have, they do have a lot of talented talented arms. Yeah, even so. in the pen. like that, They brought that guy Guerrero in. Oh, at, disgusting. He's firing 100. I was like, who the hell is this guy? I've never heard of this uh, guy. He's I've heard of him. He's in 100. He's yeah. nasty. So yeah. I'm with you. It's and Adam point. Conley kind of blows, but has like some uh, Adam Andrew Miller Conley's to him. He's all right, man. I like Adam Conley. He needs to go to a better team. Yeah. I think, like Adam, Conley, team. I think Adam Conley will get traded at the deadline and will make a difference for whatever team he's traded to. Yeah, I agree. That was was a takeaway and like their offense is atrocious so the pitching staff stuff is is frustrating so with that in mind Eflin Eflin so Eflin's Eflin was frustrating on Saturday because so he's throwing that cutter more than ever mm-hmm. like he threw I think he threw like 20 some percent fastballs like 14 fastballs and what when Eflin is at his best it is forcing fastballs both sides of the plate it is up and into lefties up and into righties, and then also, you know, whatever. That's when he's at his best, because his off-speed is not good enough to where he can just throw it whenever and expect swings and misses on Mm -hmm. it. So, like, what I didn't like about Saturday was he threw so many of these cutters that are, like, it's a cutter-slider combination. Like, sometimes it comes out of the hand and looks like a slider. Sometimes it looks like a cutter, but they're all 88 and they're 87. And then his changeup's 87. Yeah, and it's like. You need, a, you need some change in speeds there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't go up and in with his fastball. Like, he didn't do that. He didn't throw his fastball. And what made Eflin so good in June of last year when he went 5 and 0 was he was throwing like 50 some percent fastballs. And for him to get away from that, I don't like that idea, basically. Okay, so why? What happened? Especially after his first. What happened where we saw the Zach Eflin we saw for his first two starts, and then he goes and faces this horrendous lineup in Miami, and there somehow is kryptonite? How how does that happen? I understand what happened from a pitching perspective. Why does that happen? Maybe it's your guess. Well, maybe he happens. felt comfortable with it, like in the and when he was warming up. I I I don't want to say that I think that Chris Young was telling him to throw um to throw more cutters or whatever because they want. Things to move. So all right. So I, I I pulled it up. So oh no, it's not updated yet. That's annoying. 
My bad. Oh, you got us all excited for I that. I know. They didn't They didn't do it yet. Um, but I don't yeah. use a computer when we talk. It's all up here, Jack. Yeah, well- I just look right at you. Right. Well, I try, to, I try to do the same, but also mix in some advanced, <laughs> some, some Zach Eflin-ness. I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know where the idea came from. I mean, because- I don't know, because what was working in the first two starts of the season was, or first three starts, I guess, was the fastballs. You're right, the first two starts. That was first two starts, start. it was the third yes. start. The fastballs up, and then and then, and then then his slider and cutter and changeup all looked devastating off of his fastball. To go away from that philosophy, I don't totally get why. Um, maybe he thought he didn't have a good feel for it. I would hope that they didn't say, hey, I, I would just hope that they hands off a little bit. I understand what the philosophy is uh, breaking ball guys to death, but I mean, Zach Eflin does not have unbelievable breaking stuff, so I would hope that this was a minor blip. So where are you at with Eflin moving forward? I'm fine with him. I, okay. I don't want to overreact to one start. I, like, the first inning was like, oh, he's he's just good now. Like I, I watched the first thing on Saturday. I saw your tweet. It was like, oh, Eflin's in, like, in, in control. Or he something. was. Like, like, he's a master right now. Everything was just like dot, dot, dot. And and it was weird. It was weird how it just kind of all fell apart. And when he started getting behind, he started using his off speed more and more. Maybe that's uh, maybe he didn't have the confidence in the fastball on that day. But I mean, I, I don't want to overreact to Eflin's bad start. I mean, bad starts happen. Um, and I think the first inning showed that it's still in there. It's just that I want to see him use his fastball as much as possible. All right. Anything else from the horrendous, just terrible Saturday performance? No. Down 10 nothing going into the ninth. Thank <laughs> God they got those three runs in so they can help their run differential. I was mildly annoyed in when they had those three runs and he just sent back out uh, Sir Anthony to hit when he had runners on oh, first I and know. second. I was like, what, you, really? Like, at this point, what are we doing here? Yeah, it just, you know, puts a, put Arietta up there or yeah. someone. I, I totally agree with you. It was I, it was like, oh, come on, Gabe. I, and I, so we'll get into, I have some, I, I didn't think Gabe had a great weekend. And we'll get into Sunday. There was one particular move that I really, and it didn't come back to bite him the way I thought it would, that I just thought was a really poor job by Gabe. But um, so I really thought that, I thought I thought Nap had a great weekend. Are you like <laughs> trying to trigger me right now? You know how many pens I broke this weekend? I So I, if you look at my really show sheet, see, so you bring a computer, I bring my show sheet with my notes. There is only one thing written in all caps. Do you see that, Jack? Nap in all caps because I don't, Want to not talk about how much I hate Andrew Knapp. Why is this guy still on my team? Why is he here? Jack. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. I get it. Catchers don't hit, right? That's the way baseball is right now. JT Romito is like a unicorn. The fact that he can play defense as well as he does and he can hit. Let's make sure he can let's make sure he can get right. it going a little in, bit. In theory, though, he is like a unicorn. I get it. Can you get me a catcher who can play catcher? Who can actually stop the ball from going by him? The guy put no effort into. I mean, I am, I am so done with Andrew Knapp. I, I actually, I feel bad because I'm sure Andrew Knapp's a good guy, and I hate him. I, I legitimately don't like him as a human being because he's on my team. That's how I feel, Andrew. I, no more Andrew Knapp. There's no one out there who can play the position. Nobody. They should go get Sandy Leon. Sure. Go get anybody. Uh, anybody, Jack. Chris Coast. Whoever's playing. Who's your AAA catcher? Bring that guy up because he's better than Andrew Knapp. Debbie anybody. Grillion. Sure. Call him for Debbie Grillion. What happened to Drew Batera? That didn't still work there. out. He's still there. You can get him. You want him? Someone who can play catcher, Jack. Just play catcher. I don't care if you bat 100. I don't care if you don't ever get a hit in the Phillies lineup. As long as you could do that other part of it, you're better than Andrew Knapp.
So you, you were not impressed with Andrew Knapp's weekend. You <laughs> didn't enjoy the uh, Sunday when he had chances to end the game like yeah. three times. The and strikeout out. was just terrific. I mean that, and that's the thing is I'm at the. I get that. I expect that from Andrew Knapp. I expect him to come up and strike out, whether it's a big spot or not. I'm expecting a strikeout. Mm. Stop the ball. Stop it. At least play catcher. Like at least. That's what I mean. Play your position. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, but he's a switch hitter and has a good eye. So, oh man, why? Ser- let's in all seriousness, why is Andrew Knapp on this team? Why? Uh he's a good locker room guy. Do you- what? It's what it's what is he, he pictures of Gabe or something like what? Why? Why is he on this team? It makes no sense because he's a good locker room guy that theoretically works a good at bat. You know who? You know who's a good locker room guy? I'm a good locker room guy. Bring me in there. To- I'll work in a bat. Come okay. on. Okay. By the way, Eflin Eflin threw Eflin threw thirty six cutters on on Saturday, as opposed to seventeen fourteen fastball. See, nailed it. Not enough. It, it loaded finally. What? It loaded. It loaded. Well, I, had to to, <laughs> I had to get to the right page. All yeah. right. Now that you brought up Andrew Nappy, let's talk about Sunday. And you know how I feel about Andrew Nap. All right. First and foremost. Let's start with Velasquez because I'm sure everyone is dying to know what you think. Oh yeah, so um, uh, I was kind of obviously I had my eyes fixated on my boy Tiger. Uh huh. I mean, I, I mean Sunday Red Tiger. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> See, talk Jack, about swooning. Jack, this is what you got to do. This is what I do. Two TVs. Well, I don't have two TVs. I have two TVs set up in my basement. One was on the Masters. One was on the Phillies. Well, I had I had my computer on the Phillies. Okay, so I was I was watching. Oh, so why you chose Tiger over the Phillies? Of not course, cool. I chose Tiger. Over wow, the I would not. Come on, it's his first major. I, I was very compelled by it. I thought it was. Well, did you have the sound on great. the? Did you have the sound on the Masters? Or did you have the sound on the Phillies? I had the sound on the Masters. Okay, so that is fair. That is fair. Which, but which only because it was a historic moment. But <laughs> so, what's the, so that doesn't change anything. What were you listening to? I don't care that you had two screens up. I said I was listening to the Masters. Okay, that's, that's all. Yes. So before you I, try to... Thing. I, I loved the moment. I thought it was compelling. I loved the drama. I was actually watching it holding my daughter on my lap. So when he's hugging his kid, of course, I'm like all like... Oh, here we go. Sappy, welling sappy up and all. I'm holding my daughter. It was a beautiful moment. I just think he's a scumbag. That's how I felt watching Vince Velasquez. So yeah, like, I just uh, think Tiger's a watching, scumbag. Watching and my daughter. I, I struggled to like root for the guy, but it was it's an amazing Um, I get it. I just, he's my favorite golfer ever. And like, <laughs> I understand it. It was Look, a nostalgic thing. I understand it. So, Vinny. Vinny, I thought, was awesome. And wow! It, and if Vinny, wow! I know, I know, I know. Especially after the last start, five innings, everyone's like, Vinny looked great. And you're like, no, 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 my friends, he did not. Well, he didn't look great. I mean, like. On the Vinny man I know Someone wrote today, like, two spectacular starts in a row for <laughs> Vinny. I was like, oh, come on. I believe the word stud <laughs> was thrown around on this radio station here at WIP. Um, but so, so Vinny made an interesting um, uh, mechanical change that I thought was much needed and one that should have happened maybe two years ago and we'll see if he actually sticks with it because what Vinny does is like he'll find something he likes and classic then, Vinny and then he'll go away from it totally like, that's <laughs> what he does he will, he will look, oh Vinny look look at Vinny and then it's like oh yeah Vinny oh he goes back to being yes. Vinny um, so what he was doing was obviously he's going over his head which is his new thing this year but he was much more like methodical and making sure he, all his weight was back. And he's doing this thing like as he was coming down the mound where he just did this one little extra leg kick kind of thing, kind of like Scherzer, you know, when he kicks out at the mm-hmm, end. Sure. Um, and and Vinny, what he was doing 
was he's just trying to make sure he's as as back on his back leg as possible before firing home. Um, and I thought it was a really, really good development for him because what his problem has been the last couple of years is that he tries to just strike every single batter out. Mm-hmm. And he's all over the place. He nibbles. And what he didn't do on Sunday was nibble. He threw 80 pitchers in six innings, which is like... It's great. I mean... I mean, <laughs> I mean, which was more impressive, Tiger Woods winning the Masters uh, at 43 coming off back surgery or Vinny Velo throwing 80 pitches in six it innings? It might be Velasquez. I think it was Velasquez. Vinny doesn't get through six innings very often, much less than 80 pitches. Yeah. That is a real rarity yeah. right there. And do you think do you think he was on the mound and he was like, this is easy? <laughs> like, like, Do you think Vinny was like, maybe I should do this more often? I uh, hope he was. I mean, probably for the not. love of God. He probably only, not. I think he only struck out four? Four. Four and he walks three? Three, correct. Um, only obviously the two hits, no hitter through five and two thirds, so they gave up that homer to to Jeff Conan Anderson. Freaking Phillies killer man. <laughs> well, don't worry. I mean, they'll sign Brian Anderson when he's eight years past his prime, <laughs> like they did with Conan and Wes yes. Helms. Yes, my least favorite Philly of all time, Wes, Wes Helms. Helms. He's uh, high on the list. Steve Jeltz still holds. I, I, Steve Jeltz apparently a Way wonderful my guy. Time. Yeah, Steve. It was rough to do for Steve Jeltz. Actually, my least favorite Philly of all time is David Bell. Oh, mine's Andrew Knapp. So, <laughs> well, that makes sense. I'm not even. I, I tweeted a while ago that with every at bat, Andrew Knapp inches slowly up the list of my most hated Phillies. He might be at the top. I hate him. We should do. We should do a starting nine. Should at one point. Okay, um, I like that. Sounds but, like an off-season pod. Yeah, but Vinny, Vinny, I thought was really uh, like his fastball. He's locating it well both sides of the plate, and I think him being able to stay back that little bit longer. And he was still ninety four, ninety five. He jumped up to ninety seven at one point. So it's not like the velo wasn't there, but it was much crisper. I saw, I, th- I saw the ball rise a little bit on his fastball, which I think was big. Um, I saw some good breaking balls. But again, this is the full disclaimer of Vinny does this all the time. Yep. And it now I. That Vinny right there, the one that is staying back as long as possible, not trying to strike well, everyone and, out. And if he's making a mechanical change and that holds, that is the type of thing that, that changes people. That, right. That, you know, so that could be sustainable. He's just so finicky sometimes with how he changes all the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I, so I I am holding on Vinny. I, okay. I thought it was a really, really okay. positive sign. I like this. I thought it was positive. I good. Th- I really did. I thought it was good. And I thought he was, I thought he was finishing his pitches and the fact that he was like, all right, I'll get ground balls and I'll try to just get through. Like that is, so big for him, and he uh, he looked like a pitcher on Sunday rather than a thrower. All right, bullpen eight shutout innings. Anything stand out? Crazy, to you from that? Um, unbelievable. I mean, it was fr- Jose Alvarez. And don't get me wrong, if you actually watch the game, every single ball was hit hard. Hit hard. Like it was not a clean, easy inning for Jose Alvarez, but got through it. Got the save, yeah. unexpected. But in general, the the pen comes in, and Robertson throws two. Arano six strikeouts and two. Um, Neris gets out of a, a tough little jam there. I mean, they they got it done. They did. Uh, Morgan once again. Well, that, I'm, I was holding on Morgan because I want to. That I'll just say that's my issue with Gabe. I I couldn't believe that he brought Morgan in for one batter in that situation. I thought that was, I thought that was horrendous managing. I, I really that was a really disappointing moment for me. You bring Adam Morgan in, who has owned both righties and lefties. It doesn't matter. You can put Adam Morgan against anybody right now. You bring him in to face one righty, and then you bring Neris in for two in a one-one game when you don't know it's going to go fourteen innings. But hey, guess what, Gabe? They it ends for, up going fourteen innings. They brought him in for a righty, one batter, a right-handed hitter, one batter Versus strikes, Adam him, strikes him out, and then Neris comes in. Uh, see, I, I had so I made this thing with Jill. I was like, let me watch the Masters, and then we'll go on a walk or something. We'll do something outside Aww, the apartment. Look at you. Yes, and sometimes you got to compromise. So I missed like the seventh and eighth. 
and made it back for the ninth. Okay, yeah, so, I texted you. I'm like, Morgan for one batter, and you're like, I'm not watching. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, well, I'll just I don't totally know what myself. happened. All I know is that Adam Morgan dominated. The point was, Adam Morgan comes in, strikes a guy out, and, and Gabe pulls him. And that was it. Like, And then brought Neris in to face two righties. And it just was yeah, a weird... Seemed... If nothing else, just bring Neris in to start the inning or whatever. But it felt like in a game that had the potential to go long and did ultimately, it was a 1-1 game at the time, it felt like a misuse of who I believe right now is potentially the best reliever in your pen. It felt like a misuse. Yeah, it seemed... Uh... If coming it, sometimes Gabe's problem, I would say, with the bullpen is that he gets a little too matchup dependent yep. and does not think about the future of the pen. Like he doesn't think about he doesn't set up one day with the other. He tries it's to win every point. game, especially when they are in the middle of those the first three games of a seventeen day stretch of baseball games. Right. I think that's I think that's Gabe's main flaw right now is that he does not set up games one to one. He tries to win every game, which mm-hmm. I understand the philosophy of wanting to quote unquote win every game, but you can't do that. And like my main my main issue with Gabe this weekend was like why are you pitching Sarantian Dominguez in a ten one ball game? That was asinine too. That it's was another like, great. Point. That was Joe Madden level esque of it made horrible no bullpen. It management. made no sense. Like bring it up. Position player before you bring in Sir Anthony at that point in that game. Well, especially in my mind, especially because Sir Anthony's looks good. The last, like it's not like he was. It's not like he's coming off. I understand if he's coming off a dismal performance to put him back out there and try to get his confidence. So you bring back. Jose Alvarez in to get chelled, like or whatever. Like that's what you do there. I'm yeah. very with you. Yeah, I, I, and then, and then they used him yesterday, so that he's probably out for tonight mm-hmm. against the Mets team that's coming in playing good baseball. Yep, um, and we'll get to that coming up. And and he may be out till Tuesday, and you're in the middle of a 17 game stretch right now where you don't have an off day. Uh, to bring him in a 10 one game just seems stupid to me. I totally and, agree with you. Yeah, his, I would say his problem with the bullpen is he, he does not set up days, and he doesn't really have a uh, he, he gets a little too matchup dependent and too numbers dependent. And like this guy traditionally does this well. Well, if this guy's throwing well today, leave him out there. So, but uh, yeah, that's where we're at. With I agree game. with you. And look, it didn't come back to bite him, and the bullpen on the whole was. Outstanding. I mean, yeah, you get it's eight process, shutout innings. That's awesome. It's process over results. It's process over results, which is what we try to do here, yes. generally. Uh, this, this whole podcast is just process just, over results. That's all it is. Uh, we don't even really have any results, right? I mean, yeah. uh, shout out to Segura again. That was awesome. Just getting it done when it needed to get done because I was about to lose my mind. Jack, before we... Oh, uh, one other thing. Two other things before we move on. Um, Michael Franco is Michael Franco again. Yeah. Who could have seen this coming? I don't want to dump Who on... Who could have predicted this? I don't know. Could anyone have predicted this? I don't want to dump on Michael Franco because I, I, I have enjoyed how much fun he's having this year and, and whatnot, but his last seven games, he's batting 160 and batting mm-hmm. uh, has a 222 OBP and one home run, and... You know, there's a lot of people in my mentions saying, oh, you sure you didn't want Mike Moustakis? Uh-huh. I, I would much rather have Mike Moustakis. Yeah. But uh, we are not. So many people, oh, you happy you were wrong on Franco? I was like, eh. I don't think I was wrong. Seven games. Yeah. Yeah. And we said, we said this like last week, still kind of looks the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like just, exactly the it's same. It's just that he's not missing mistakes now. And I think the leg kick has helped him to an extent. Um, but the idea that he's going to turn into a top 10 third baseman is a little crazy. A little crazy. Yeah. Or even a top 20. All right. One other guy we got to talk about, the flip side. How about that Scotty Kingery, Jack? Scotty. How about Scotty? Freaking play the guy. Like, what are you doing? He's been great, man. Every opportunity. He's playing 500. Every opportunity. And I know it's incredibly small sample size, but the, 
it shows that every opportunity he's gotten, he's taken advantage. He should have more than 13 plate appearances. That's the point. So, um, yeah, and he's 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 actually driving the ball a little bit. He's finally he's got. I think he just looks more comfortable. Yeah. What we'll learn what we'll learn with Kingery is that when he is going and he's going at his best, it's going to be drives through the right center field gap. Like that is going to be that's when we're, we'll we'll know that Kingery is locked in. It's right center field gap, and he had two of those yesterday. He had the triple, and he had the ball up the middle in like the eighth inning, or whatever. Um, I thought he I think he just looks like a, a solid ball player right now. And whether it's dispelling Franco at third base if he continues to, on this little bit of slide, or Cesar, who they just they do, they must just love his at bats. And or something. he's look, he's played better the last couple games. Hit the homer yesterday in Miami, which was nice. Made a couple nice defensive plays, but he's not been great. No, no. Um, they must just love his at bats. Like that must be what it is. His OBP and is the guy. The, the, well, it's the, a very Phillies. Thing. Yeah, it's the way very believable. He, right. So, but my I, man grinds. Yeah, but like the the, the most important the, or the for this team to reach its potential for this team to um you know to to yeah reach its potential. Like Kingery is your second baseman. You're a window guy, anyway. I'm a window You're guy. About the future, too. big window guy. I know. We talked about it. You're yeah. window guy. I know. Um, and and <laughs> Cesar doesn't really help that. Um, and if 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 Kingery's playing well, where it looks like he might take the job, you have to let your you, the guy you gave a historic contract to to take the freaking job. Like, and he, he's look, right now it looks like he's earning the job, which is what we need to see out of Scott Kingery. They're not just giving him the job like they did last year. Obviously, he was off spring training where he was ridiculous, but they waited. And they to, were a worse team with less guys right. who deserve jobs in the first place. Right. We just have to see what we have with this guy. It's it's more important to the future of the team to play him now than worry about Cesar or whatever. If nothing else. He's earned a few starts a week type of thing. If nothing else, if you're not going to go all the way, and, and eventually I think it gets there, as we've talked about yeah. a lot, but if nothing else, like give him two starts a week. like Get him a chance to be in the lineup on a weekly basis and to continue to, to grow what he's doing. Now, I wasn't... I was obviously around, but I don't really remember this, but someone pointed it out to me. Mm. Now, but you would remember this because you're... Sure I would. <laughs> oh, 37. Oh, 40... 37. Yes. Okay, 37? 37. Um, is this like is this like Polanco and Utley? Um, interesting. It was no. It was a little different in the sense that with Utley, like Utley had such a. I mean, it was Chase Utley. You know what I mean? So, okay, but we don't know what Chase Utley was at that point. Yeah, um, I mean, he was a bigger prospect coming up, is my point. Like he well, was, Kingery did have a lot of hype about him. We talked about him for, you're right, we talked about him for a while. He's Dustin um, Pedroia with more I think, talent. I think Polanco <laughs> is a better player than, than Cesar is. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Polanco's a borderline Hall of Famer. it is kind of similar. It is kind of similar. But I, I know in a certain way, Polanco is a better player. I think is the big difference. It's just much easier. And also, for some reason, I look, I know you're right. Like, Kingery was just as big a prospect and stuff. But I think maybe it was because Chase was older when he came up. But there was just more of a feeling when Chase came up that he was going to be good. There was more of a belief, like, not let's see what we have. It's like, put Chase Utley in because he's going to be good was the feel for some reason. So, okay. obviously played out that way. Too. Yeah, I would say. I would say, but yeah, I mean, Polanco's definitely way better than Cesar. I mean, yeah, that that's the biggest difference. Polanco's just a better player than Cesar. It's like not close. No, so. I agree. All right, anything else from the weekend? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. It's good work by you. All right, <laughs> I don't think New York Mets coming to town. I know. And I, okay, so we talked a lot about the NL East and the preseason previews and all that type of stuff, and... I By the was, way, hold on. Before we get to the, did you yes. see the, do you see the new Lent I started? The new what? The new Lent. I did. Hashtag literally anyone else from back and catcher Lent. I think you did it just for me. <laughs> that one's for me. And I appreciate that. That's exactly how oh, I Oh, wait. Feel. Hold on. Oh, this is what I forgot. This is what I forgot. <laughs> okay. Did you notice that David Robertson was dropping down on his fastballs? Did you notice this? What do you mean? 
Like he was dropping down. Oh, to inside arm a little bit. Yeah. You mean, yes, I did notice that. It's like, great are, point. I forgot. I forgot all to bring it up. That's I was like, point. what are you doing? I it mean, it's really weird. I, I texted my one Yankee friend who watches like every game. And I was like, did you ever see Robertson drop down? He's like, no. I was like, well, this isn't good. I don't know. So <laughs> this isn't good. So he started dropping down, and I was like, hold on, hold on. Let me. I had a, a couple beers at that point. Let me make sure. Let me just focus in here. Lock in. Lock in. And he did it again. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, man? I, I couldn't tell. So the, what, I had a theory on it was that his first couple of batters, he did not have good fastball location. And I thought maybe dropping down was him trying to just make sure he got a fastball over. But eventually it's going to get hit because if you start doing that, people are going to know that a fastball uh, yeah, is coming. Yeah, and they're going to see it And then they're going to see that aim. But yeah. I understand if you want to mix it up. I mean, the Dodgers do this all the time. I mean, you're Different looks. I think it's really smart as a general thing. If you, if you have the ability to have the ball come out of different you know, arm angles or different spots. I think that's yeah. more confusing for a hitter. Right. Agreed. So, uh, one's a monitor for sure. And definitely weird. Definitely weird. I, 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 just, I, I wasn't expecting David Robertson to be a drop off down guard. There. Yeah. I like it. good. I mean, keep, keep, keep guys keep, off keep guard. Keep guessing, babe. You're 34. Just keep doing what you got to do yeah, to get out. Whatever. All right. New York Mets. Yes. I thought the Mets weren't going to be that good. That was really? my whole thing. I thought I was like, oh, I think it'll be like an 84 win team. They're, they're pretty good. Mets are a good baseball team. Uh, I was they're wrong. They're fourth right now in the NL in they're, runs. Yeah, they're good, man. They put up runs. And um, I think we all, you know, look, they got to stay healthy, but DeGrom, Syndergaard, Mats, Wheeler, they got arms. The question was the offense, and they got a dude who is the early front runner for Rookie of the JD Year. J.D. Davis. <laughs> yes, J.D. Davis, too. Pete Alonso. It's pretty annoying because you look at the Braves and you see Acuna, and you're like, ah, crap. They got Acuna. Freddie Freeman's there for Albies. a long time. Albies, you look at the Nats, you're like, oh, you know, Soto and Robles and Rendon. And with the Mets, you're like, oh, they don't have those guys. Pete Alonso is that dude. Yeah, Pete Alonso is their Reese. I mean, he's so good. Yeah, he's He's a better hitter than Reese was right away. I mean, early. I mean, granted, Reese was historic when he first came up. Yeah. But I think that, I think, I think Pete Alonso's got a higher ceiling than Reese has. I would say this. I think, I think Reese has a better eye, has better plate appearances, and has more power. I think Pete. Well, Pete's got some power too, man. I think Pete's. Pete's a, I think. I think Pete's a better pure overall hitter. Like he can, I, he can go the opposite what I, way. That's what I'm trying to go with. I, he feels like a better hitter to me. Yeah. 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 Pete Alonso's legit. Another guy that's going to be a D, it should be a DH just like yes. Reese Hoskins. Yes. Um, so, but so, so should JD Davis, by the way. They should bunt on JD Davis. They have a horrendous defense. All I mean, they got Robinson Cano playing second base, man. Yeah. Robinson Cano. But I still love him, man. That swing yeah. is he gorgeous. He has been great so far. Yeah, but the swing is still there. But it's there. a good line. You know, Michael Conforto seems to be finally turning into the guy people thought he was. Michael would. Conforto. You're yeah. a big Jeff McNeil guy. I do love Jeff McNeil. You love Jeff McNeil. Brandon yeah. Nimmo can play. What's with even McNeil? Uh,. Uh, he's one of those guys that I would have no chance of getting out. Like, ah, just, I love that. I love. No, the, I love the way you evaluate players. You're like, oh, I couldn't get that guy out. I get everyone else out. I can't get that guy out. No, I, I understand. But <laughs> he's the kind of guy when I was, which just like crowds the plate, can just fouls off a thousand pitches. Uh-huh. Like this guy would own, would own Nick Pavetta because he has no idea what to do against lefties. Oh, good thing Nick Pavetta gets to face him <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. on. Uh, well, we'll see on if he plays. Tuesday, he hasn't really been playing. Uh, well, he's been playing like spot starts in here and there. Um, the Mets are just good offensively. Like they have a well constructed offense. You have Pete Alonso. You have Wilson Ramos, who we know. Can just mm-hmm. rake when he's healthy. He's gonna rake. They have Cano, who's still Cano. Ahmed Conferno, Rosario, Nimo. Yeah, Ma- Ahmed Rosario. He's really he's good. A monster. JD Davis, who 
Jay Davis is batting like eighth for them in seven. He's a really good hitter. I was right. It's your guy. He's like fifth highest in uh, in MLB exit velo or mm-hmm. whatever. So, uh, you know, just give the kids some credit. Some, give the eyes some credit. Give the kids some credit. I mean, I just. Give yeah. the kids some credit. Um, and their bullpen's okay. I mean, they, they go Diaz, Familia. They did got you great wa- closers. Did so. you watch Familia last night at all? No. Okay. Well, he got dropping the F bomb and the, 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 I don't know, it was funny. So he, he was throwing, but like as he's throwing, Sometimes when you when you when you're pitching, they teach you to like grunt at the end uh-huh. to get the extra oomph out of you. Uh-huh. And actually, really interesting um, mind games that go, go along with pitching. Um, so Jamie Moyer, what he used to do was he put he would throw a fastball and be like uh, or whatever, throw his fastball, and he'd do it like three straight times in a row. And then he'd do it with a changeup, and the I guys like would be that. all out in front uh, of him. I love that. Yeah. It's very clever. Yeah, it's very clever. I mean, that's the guy pitched till he was fifty with yeah. eighty-two miles. An that's hour. why. Um, but he he kept like throwing the ball and being like F, and really? then, and the mics kept picking that's it up. Awesome. And Matt Vasquez awesome. was like, he sang fire. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Matt. So, uh, but the bullpen. I mean, they have a uh, spin they rate got talent. There they have spin the rate god Seth Lugo, who I want the Phillies to get just because I love his his spin rate. Um, they have Familia Diaz. I mean, that's a good back end of the bullpen. Don't really have that lefty. Still have Robert Selman. They have Luis Avilon. Luis Avilon. Former Philly great. Pretty good pitcher. Because Selman. good. Yeah. He can get outs. Yeah. So I mean, they're 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 just a solid solid team across the board. I mean, Wheeler hit 101 the other day. Yeah. Which Wheeler had one bad terrifying. start and looks great again. And Cindergard has looked great this year. And Matt's even coming off a great start his last outing. And then there's Jason Vargas. Which and there's Jason Vargas, who, who looks like who a science is, teacher. Who is horrible. He is. He looks like he's like a fifth grade science teacher. Know. That's what the guy looks like. It's bad. It's really um, weird. But it's going to be a fun series. I think there's going to be a lot of Mets fans here. They always seem to love to invade yeah, or try to invade. Not a fan of that, but, but it, it happens. I think this is going to be that first time where we're going to be like- the, More Phillies fans than Mets fans that, for the first time in a while. That, but- I think we're gonna be like, wow! I hate the Mets. <laughs> Ooh, it'll be back. Again. Yeah, it takes me back a little bit. Like I think Conforto always rips us. Um, just Cano, Rosario. They don't really have too many hateable guys like the old teams had. Like, no, like, like Pete Alonso. Like you can't hate that guy. Like he's just this yeah. chubby little guy who hits the ball well. I mean, yet I mean, we'll figure out a way. Oh, we will. We'll figure out. A way. Oh, I'll hate him. Don't get me wrong. Wilson, you know, he had bad hamstrings here. Couldn't play two days in a row. Yeah, he screwed us. Are you um, kidding me? We'll, we'll figure out a way. Uh, but we'll make it work. We'll, we'll, we'll Nemo. We'll dig deep for it. Nimmo's a fraud and just tries to run at first base like a total jabroni. It's it's honestly Nimmo. I I love him for fantasy purposes. He's like my least favorite player in baseball. He's like a tryhard. He's, he's awkward looking too. Like the what? Not like as a human being. Like the way he plays the game is awkward. It's like Pence. Yes, it is. It's exactly like Hunter Pence. That's a perfect comp. Yeah, it is. It stupid sprint to first base. That's after a you really walk. good comp. He's got a weird running style. I love that comp. Out. That's good stuff. Um. <laughs> all right. So Syndergaard Nola tonight. What are you looking for from Nola? And by the way, uh, Jackie Robinson Day too. Shout out to oh yeah, one of the you know obviously most important Americans, much less sports oh, heroes. For sure. Seventy two years ago today, Jackie Robinson stepped on a baseball Crazy. field. Pretty uh, pretty. Thank wild. God they do the like. It's about time they started putting the numbers on every jersey. I I couldn't believe they didn't from the beginning. It should every single jersey should wear it. It's forty two today. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, um, all right. So Nola, what are you looking for from me? I mean, because obviously. We need Aaron <laughs> We need Aaron Yeah, I mean, you could really, like, with that bullpen, the way they pitched yesterday, I mean, they need... They need Aaron They need at least seven. They, yes, I mean, they we, need at least we seven. We need seven big dogs. Yes. So, um, I mean, I'm looking for see where his changeup's at. I mean, if he's using his changeup more, I think that'll go a long way. We'll see if he still has the feel for it, if, if he doesn't have the feel for it. Uh, fastball location, I think, is going to be huge. And, and if, the ball part, if, the, if the ball's flying out of the yard, I understand the balls have been juiced again, I guess. I mean, that's the... the Feels deal. like it. 
Well, that's the new rumor. Is it? Yeah, the, the balls are juiced and whatever. So we'll see where he's at with this fastball. Um, but I want to see what the changeup's like tonight. More importantly, wait. By the way, if, if Syndergaard's in the mound, I want to see them stealing a lot again. They better remember be. that game last year. Of course, he's Carlos Santana he, got a steal. He still doesn't have a pickup pickoff move. Franco got a steal. More importantly, Pavetta. Tomorrow. Oh yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow is that when uh, I I don't show up for work? <laughs> I don't leave my house. <laughs> what are uh, anything? Positive. He's gonna get rocked. I don't oh, know. Like he's, no. <laughs> Oh, he has to face. He has to face Conforto, McNeil, what Nimmo. What a disappointing turn of look events! At, look at all those lefties he has to face. I mean, so don't don't start Nick Pavetta no, in fantasy tomorrow. No, don't even look at him. Okay. Yeah, don't even it's acknowledge he's even here. Do they take two or three? Uh who's starting on Wednesday? Wednesday. Arietta versus Wheeler. Arietta Wheeler. And then who's who's Pavetta facing? Mats. Oh, they're gonna rock Mats. <laughs> <laughs> that that soft minded fraud. Um. I say they take two or three. I think so, too. I'll take two or three. I think they, they're at home. I think they take two or three. Then they got to go up to New York next weekend. Maybe they lose two yeah. of those three. But I think it's they okay. take two or three, too. It's okay. All right, Fritzy, final thoughts. Uh, actually, let's do one thing before final thoughts. Ooh, okay. Uh, the Phillies are reportedly doing their due diligence on Madison Bumgarner. Yes. That came out last week. And also, it did come out recently as well, today as well, that Dallas Keuchel's down to looking for a one-year deal. Craig Kimbrell's lowering his asking price. Shocking. <laughs> you should have done that a month ago. Um, great, I don't know, great read of the situation. I don't know what Dallas Keuchel's doing. I can't believe he's not anywhere yet. It's unbelievable. It's just, it's just dumb. But uh, especially at a one-year deal, at one point, like it's, at this point, like you're gonna have to take a month to get ready, and then your values are gonna be declining. Heading. Yeah, you have to be unbelievable from day one um, if you want to get any kind of big contract yeah. heading into the offseason. So, um, good job, Scott. I mean, after, go, Scott. after Matt Klintak took your lunch money. <laughs> Not the best offseason. You're losing for Scott it again, Morris. Scotty. The legend <laughs> diminishes this offseason. Ah, uh, you know, you, he, much like you hate to see it. Jack. Much like Chris Sale, Corey Kluber, oh, and maybe Madison Bumgarner. Corey Kluber, man, yikes! He looks like 2013 Halliday. He looks horrendous. Yeah, it's like it's kind of you know that it's the same thing that happened with Halliday, where like you see the horse you running just see out it. of steam. You're like he doesn't have it anymore. He's he walking doesn't. guys more. He's striking out less. It's well, especially guys like Kluber who. Kluber was someone, a workhorse. A workhorse, exactly. He was never someone who he never had the best stuff ever. Well, his 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 curveball is a wit, he like made a himself ball. have the best stuff. My point is like he didn't have the natural ability that everyone else did. He didn't be, even become a great pitcher till his late twenties. Like he didn't. He's not the type of guy who's just gonna blow you away with the stuff. He worked for everything he had, and he's bringing it down. Yeah, I mean, it's sad. I I, I hate seeing like horses, like Me traditional too. horses, kind of lose Fubot, it. Man, yeah, I know, but he he doesn't look great. They probably should have traded him this offseason um, yeah, for peak they value. Absolutely should have traded. That was a mistake. Right. Um, so, so Bumgarner. So they're doing, they're doing their due diligence on Bumgarner. I know I said last week. I'm not totally sure. Hey, you were pretty pretty pessimistic. Pretty sure. But I went back. So I watched his start before this one. He let, he let up five runs to the Padres. But I thought the stuff looked good. I thought. But he did. He did. There was like three balls that would have been out of Cincinnati Bank Park. So it could have gotten worse. But whatever. I watched most of his start on Saturday against the Rockies. Looked. Really good. All right. He looks really, really good. I like good. that. So I, because th- as we discussed, the market for starting pitchers, it's like it's, it's bad. It's barren. It's really barren is a perfect <laughs> like word. There's for nothing it. out there's there. There's nothing out so there. So I thought I thought uh, Baumgartner looked good. I thought his stuff was starting to look sharper. I thought it was starting to look sharper in the Padres start, and I think it looks really, really good on Saturday. I mean, he he, 
he allowed one run, two runs. No, he allowed two runs against the Rockies, which is a good offensive team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reynolds took him deep on a bad pitch, but I thought he was hitting both sides of the plate, and guys were legit swinging, missing out in front of the slider, like back in the old days. So it was a throwback start for Mad Bum, uh, and I'm excited to see what he does heading into the deadline because he might be the guy that can put this team over the hump. And yes, I still dream about. Anola Mad Bum back to back in a in a, in a playoff and, series. And look, I mean, like whatever else breaking down all that stuff. Like Madison Bumgarner did one of the greatest things I've ever seen in the history of my watching baseball playoffs. Like no one's ever done what that guy did. Yeah. He, I would take that guy in a big game anytime, anywhere, no matter what. Yeah, and I wanted to have him here. I just want to see That's what, what it, I mean. I, I want to see here. what it look like. I yes. want to make sure he's not a good postseason pitcher anymore. Like I just want to see him. I just want to have the shot of him being unbelievable in the postseason. Uh, let's go. I know. Uh, although I was thinking, how would him and Gabe get along? <laughs> they figure it out. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. He's not big on the uh, analytics side of things. <laughs> I, think, I think you could say. All right, final thoughts. Richard. All right, I got two final thoughts. Um, Mickey Moniak! No, nah, he went one for eight. Alec Boom! That's my second I thought. knew it. Okay. Um, <laughs> My first final thought is I wonder if the Phillies regret taking back Juan Nicasio in that Mariners deal because they probably could sign Dallas Keuchel at this point if they didn't take back Juan Nicasio. Hmm. He's owed $9.5 million. It's a lot. Like, and 8 and a half against the luxury tax. So, and they probably had to take it back just to get the deal done. I mean, they probably they probably had to take it back to get back, um, you know, uh, pa- uh, Pazos or had to give up only J.B. Crawford and, and Carlos Santana just to offset that money. Um, but I wonder if they're like, eh, we probably wish we didn't have Juan Nicasio and we could use that money elsewhere. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, very clearly, eight and a half, nine, nine and a half million for that it's guy at this time. It makes a difference, especially if we're talking about them being 17.8 under the cap and it seems like they don't want to go, or cap, we're calling it cap because it feels like they don't want to go over cap. it. It is. Um, I think that's a really fair point. All right, Alec Bohm, lay it on me. So Alec Bohm had his first home run in the minor leagues uh, over the weekend, which is hey. a, a big sign. You did it, did buddy. It. He, um, so he, I, I, of course, there's no video of it because minor league baseball and major league baseball don't Dude, want, don't want to spread baseball at all. Really quickly, <laughs> just just as part of this final thought, like, what are you doing, major league baseball and minor league baseball and whatever? I, it is unbelievable. We saw this with Pitching Ninja on Twitter. If you're not, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not following Pitching Ninja, you're doing it wrong because all it is is just awesome gifs of awesome pitching and wild stuff like that. But they shut his kind of his account down for a while because Major League Baseball stepped in and said, "Stop spreading our product." And this guy, all this guy is doing is promoting your freaking game. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Major League Baseball seems to feel like they don't want people to enjoy or promote their game. That's what it feels like when they do this type of stuff. You look at the NBA who just says, "Take our stuff," like House of Highlights, all that type of stuff. They just say, "Here, here's all our stuff. Use it." Make people like our game more. It's free friggin' marketing. I, I, I it was so uh, baseball America. You saw they did the whole thing. They're they're not using clips anymore, and like it's like it, I'm. I think this is so such a horrendous decision by Major League Baseball and minor league baseball. It is, and we can't see what Bomb's hands are looking like because that's all I care it's about. Not at this cool, point. man. Uh, and by the way, we uh, need those Bomb hand analysis. I tweets need from to know Jack what they Ritz. look like. I need to know if Ochart has fixed them because I guarantee Ochart will fix them. Um, and uh, on the year, he is now up to two ninety seven, a home run, three doubles, seven RBI, um, and seven walks. All right, Alec Bohm. Yeah, let's like hope. It. Let's hope he uh, continues on it. All right. Uh, my final thought, and uh, I meant to do this on on our last pod because it came out right before then, but I did not remember. So I'm I'm seeding my final thought to Bob Brookover. I'm not sure if you saw this. We have to. 
really? Well, I'm not. It's not Bob's actual thought. It's okay. just a factoid that he pointed out to me. I'm not mm. giving Bob any credit here. Okay, stat of the day from Bob Brookover. The average age. Did you see this? This is pretty. Uh, this maybe is pr- pretty awesome. The average age of the 12 position players the Phillies have used through the first. This was for the, through the first 11 games of the season is younger than the 12 position players used by the Lehigh Valley AAA affiliate. How about that? Yeah, the AAA team is old. Like, yes. It's very old. But it's still old. pretty good. The average age, 27.3. Uh, McCutcheon, the only player over 30. I like that. Yeah, I think that's a good sign. I think that's a good sign. You're a window guy. Big window guy. It leans towards windows. Yeah, and I mean, as soon as McCutcheon is, is done, we have Moniak coming up. It's great. And McCutcheon might never be done. Might never be done. Because he's he the might greatest, only player, be, he's the greatest player I've ever seen. So. Might only be this guy forever. MVP McCutcheon is back. He needs to get the batting average up a little bit <laughs> and, and not strike out as much as he is. But yes, a very, a very not overpaid left fielder. Let's put it that way. All right. Go beat the Mets. And on Thursday, we have a guest. We got a guest coming in on Thursday. Do we yeah. want to leave it a special guest or we want to tease it? Uh, let's, let's leave it as a special let's guest. Let's leave it as a special guest. All I'll say is... My man brings the stats. Yes. Is that fair to say? That he does. All right. Special guest on Thursday. We'll recap the Mets series, look ahead to the Rockies, all oh, that. Oh, wait. Hold on. And more. Ooh. Ryan Howard is calling tonight's Phillies oh, game. Oh, I meant to bring that up. Damn it. Pretty cool. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm yeah. excited to hear how he does. Um, it's going to be him and, um, is it Chambi? Uh, oh, no. It's uh, it's uh, Ravich. Him I do. Ravich. Love, I love Boog Chambi. And Scott Kingery's not in the lineup tonight. Oh. <laughs> Gabe They're did, back to Old Faithful. Gabe did not hear us. Did not listen to the podcast. That's fine. Um, listen to Ryan Howard tonight. Beat the Mets. We'll be back to talk about it later in the week. He's Fred Some Seltzer. We'll talk to you later.